Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach-churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with a professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the China Shop, home of the Band of Traders. I'm usually your host, Kyle, but today we're going to let Cleo run the show as we sit down with our good friend Bear Goes Along. Uh, but before that, please feel free to reach out with any suggestions, corrections, or questions for future guests. You can do that via email at bandoftraders at gmail.com, or you can join our free Discord server, where a bunch of amazing people gather for the chance to be interviewed by our amazing friend Cleo here. All those links will be in the episode description, so you can peruse them at your own convenience. Now that we got the business end done, let's check in with Cleo and Bear and see what we got planned for tonight. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you then. Yay, great. Um, (laughs) It's funny hearing you say you're handing me the reins, because I really like uh, how you have conversations, too. It's really what has me here in this whole world of listening to your podcast, and I just really Mm -hmm. value your everything you have to offer. So, oh, well, thank you. Well, if you want, um, I can start off. If you guys want to just give me your home addresses and uh, full <laughs> names and where you work. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't forget. Don't leave out your mother's maiden name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is a good segue. Uh, we were just talking about. So today we're going to have a conversation with Bear Goes Long. Yes. And uh, he is a member of the Discord server and trader and he reached out after our last episode that we did um, with Baba um, and Joel and said that he was interested in having a conversation. And so I think I have two starting questions for you. Um, Bear goes long. Is how do you like to be referred to? And we were sort of talking about this before. Is like the name, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you said Bear. And um, I said bear. I just was guessing though. Okay. You said bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of an entry, like as we're talking about names. A- absolutely. And, and Kyle and I have a history there. So he's used to referring to me as bear. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a good friend of mine. Oh, many, many years ago on a camping trip in Gettysburg and, and uh, there was a lot of wine involved and there's some very very loud snoring and apparently i woke up the entire campground with my volume of snoring and so after that my, my friend just nicknamed me bear and he always called me bear and at first it, it threw me off and then i just kind of got used to it um and then when i got into trading because he was also a, a trader um he was a trader at that time and so when i started talking to him about getting into trading and i was like ah crap i gotta find a nickname to use for Reddit and then for Twitter. And I was like, you know, what do I, it's like, Hey, what about bears go bear goes long? That's, you know, just that juxtaposition. It sounds like fun. And, and allowing he, for both possibilities. Exactly. So was that your alter ego that joined the discord as bull goes short or is that somebody no, else? No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay. Is that a real person? Somebody joined no with that idea. nickname. I don't I know if they're no just idea. teasing bear here or what. Right. Uh, that's funny that you mentioned snoring. That's uh, something that I used to have a big problem with. I and just no longer. Ah, uh, well, since I quit drinking, it hasn't really been an issue. Oh. And I didn't. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't say quit drinking. I just lost interest in drinking. I think is more yeah. the right term. Like I have no objections to it. I just 
don't really enjoy it as much as I used to. But yeah, ever since I quit doing that, I just I haven't really snored at all. That's so weird. I, I still snore. And in fact, actually, I just got the word from the doctor today based off my test. He's like, yeah, you've got moderate to severe sleep apnea. So we're going to give you a CPAP. And I'm like, OK. Yeah, that was the right. one thing I didn't want. I have resisted uh, it for many years. And now I'm just like, OK, uh, I'll, I'll go with it. But it's for me, it's it's just part of this whole self-improvement journey that I've been on for the last four years with trading. And it's like, uh, you know, I know this is going to make a difference. Everybody talks about what a huge difference sleep makes in your ability, your emotional stability. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, OK, if my sleep's compromised, then that means my trading's compromised. So what do I want? You know, do I want to maintain my vanity or <laughs> do I want to be a better trader? Um, OK, great. That's a trade off. Oh my gosh, I love that you're bringing that in already. I yeah. already have all these questions that are just popping, right? Like there's um they're stacked for me. So um yeah. and I love that we're I talking mean, it, about it, snoring as a start. Just right, naming yeah. that. Um and I mean Kyle, you talked about drinking, you know. I I I took a challenge like two and a half years ago and it's like, hey, let's see. And I was like, and I, I walked away from it and I was like, oh wow, this makes a huge difference. Okay, cool. Hmm. Yeah, I still can't. I still have to like cinch my pants up like five extra belt loops than I used to. Like, <laughs> want to lose some weight? Like, good lord, that's one way to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I find that too, though. To trade well, you gotta be in good shape. Like, I mean, for me, I need to be in good physical shape. I need to be in good psychological shape. I need to be in good spiritual shape. Like, everything needs to come into alignment to be able to actually be at my trade station and execute in a good way. And absolutely um, right. Yep. So how like, do you approach that then? Like, how do you make sure those things are all in balance or all those needs are met? I mean, it's a practice. I think it takes a lot of discipline. I, I mean, all of a sudden I'm answering questions. I still I have questions for Bear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. This, is, this is a conversation. This isn't one way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this is such a good question, right? How to live with wellness and balance to be able to show up fully and what is what's the nutrient that's needed maybe that's me speaking a little woo woo speak or something but what's is it sleep is it food is it a workout is it a vent to somebody like what's keeping us from trading well i think is a really good question but i want to go back to i think my very first question that i had is what had you want to get on this podcast and have a conversation with me? And like, what, what was, what came up for you listening to the last episode and what has us here? That's a good question. That is a really good question. And it, it dives to several of the offline conversations I've had with Kyle and Baba and Joel um, over the last year. And just, the way you talked about it and some of the issues that you've brought up have been very significant in my trading journey. Um, things like mm -hmm. dealing with trauma, things like maturing, things like working with my emotions, learning to listen to my emotions have, have been hugely significant. And so that it's an interview like this is something I've kind of been playing around in the back of my mind for some time. And mm -hmm. after that interview, it just really inspired me to say, okay, let's let's rip off the band-aid if you're interested and if Kyle's interested then I'm I'm game I'll I'll throw myself out there wow there's a lot of things that were buried in that statement so do you want to take first crack at that Cleo <laughs> you go ahead I'm interested in what you've got I want to hear about the trauma first of all <laughs> and okay, maybe we should save it? that for a little bit but yeah what what trauma specifically are you referring to and do you mind talking about that first of all yeah yeah I I mean uh, at broad strokes I'll start on broad strokes we'll see how that goes um but really in the in this process, um, about two years ago, I started talking to a therapist and we really started digging into my childhood. Um, I grew up an only child of essentially a single mom. My parents separated when I was somewhere between three and six months old. Um, and then when I was about two and a half, uh, my mom was in a major car accident. Uh, she was actually in a medically induced coma for like six weeks. Um, wow. and so during that time, I kind of played, uh, you know, the, the family kind of played hot potato with me. You know, I stayed with my dad for a while, but he was in college and I stayed with 
one set of parents for a while, then a different set of grandparents for a while, and um, a, a lot of things around there. And um, how old were you at the time? You said about two or three, two and a half to three. Um, and then there was just kind of a, a lot of lingering effects up into uh, when I was four and five. I, I see you know, that I still... might make it hard to like feel like you belong anywhere. So very specifically in psychology terms, it goes into attachment theory. Um, and basically I have a very broken attachment to people and parents and loved ones and everything else. And so I have difficulty forming attachments and I have difficulty trusting attachments and, you know, that's, that's one side of it. And then I think, you know, kind of some pieces in there too. I have a very- Can we just slow it down just for a moment? Here, please, like, can I? Please. No, it's great. The thing that I wanted to say when you said that you have difficulty forming and maintaining attachments, like you say that as though, like, I, I just want to pause and appreciate you saying that because it's something. It's a, it's a something to say that, and mm-hmm. you say it with what seems like ease, but to have gotten to that place of realization that that's a challenge for you. And then to be able to speak about it so easily, I don't know, kind of easy, that, easily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's something. I mean, that, that's part of the process. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, first is, is acknowledging the problem. Then there's, you know, talking about it and thinking about it. And then there's, there's working on it and, and getting better. And, um, you know, I've, I've had some tremendous success the last several months with uh, EMDR therapy and some of these other things. And what's the EMTR? I'm sorry. EMDR is. Um, now I'm going to totally goof it up. Eye movement. Desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. And so it was, it was primarily dug into with uh, PTSD and they, they also discovered it's very effective in, in trauma as well. And it mixed success with childhood trauma. Um, but really, it's a way of working back through those traumatic events in your life and then literally reprocessing. You, you, you go back through them, but you, you integrate them. Um, I don't think I can explain it very well. Can you do it like but, an example? It doesn't have to be a um, personal one, but make one up. No. So, so very specifically, what they've learned is that bilateral stimulation has a significant effect on how your brain works when you're going through a memory and then also integrating it with time processing um, on a very high level, a traumatic event tends to get separated from time processing. So they, they came back and found, you know, these World War II survivors. 40 years later, they could go back and they could tell you about a traumatic event mm-hmm. and they could tell it to you in absolute precise detail. I ate these things. I did these things. I did these things. And you could ask them about that event 10, 15, 20 years later. They did. And their memories were precisely the same. There was no degradation. It was if it had happened yesterday. That mm-hmm. memory sat in an island. Mm-hmm. Well, with EMDR, you work back through those memories, but then you add bilateral stimulation. So literally things like touching the opposite sides of your body or watching a metronome going back and forth activates both your right hemisphere and your left hemisphere together. And it allows that memory to get processed, but then also get assigned a time. And Mm -hmm. so that's why they call it reprocessing. You actually go back through the memory, um, not necessarily in a traumatic way. You you could just be, you know, retelling a story. But when you do that with the bilateral stimulation, it actually integrates into your memory in a different way that it never did before. And it can start to be processed and allowed to fade. That sounds awesome. Uh, Is that like why... Like uh, people have PTSD from like combat situations. Like one of the things mm-hmm. they found is like playing like Call of Duty like helps. Like you wouldn't think that that would be the case, but it kind of gives you, I guess, a chance to kind of experience that again in a safe way, maybe. Um, it in a in a way, but and again, not my field of expertise. Yeah, not mine. So either, I, so. I'm absolutely theorizing here. Um, I've got some pretty specific combat experiences I could talk about. <laughs> um. You know, things, rockets and mortars and fun things exploding all around me. Um, but it allows you to work through those memories. But while you're doing it, you're also taking physical actions. And, and again, go back to that bilateral stimulation. Right. Um, you know, nobody, 
the people listening can't see this, but I'm passing my hand, my finger back and forth across my eyes like a metronome. It allows the mind to actually process that memory and deal with it in ways that it never did before. Right. So maybe I'll just jump in here before, like, or uh, yeah, before we continue please. too much into it, and we can go back to it. But I'm interested to know what this has to do with trading, <laughs> right? So yeah, no, absolutely. And so where and and some of these pieces I'm still discovering. So along with this um, attachment issues of you know where uh, I was constantly you know searching for meaning and and doing a lot of little things to you know, try to, to find identity and try to find value with myself. I also had uh, developed somewhere in there just a, a horribly unhealthy attachment with attachment or almost disattachment with money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Very unhealthy relationship with money. Let's put it that way. Um, which was interesting um, because I... It sounds I, like with everything, like people... Yeah. You, probably you name it, right? If there's an unhealthy attachment piece, it's going to show up in all the places, right. right? And money's a big one. Yes. Yeah. It and, would make sense that most, that would show up there. Most people in modern society don't have a very healthy relationship with money to begin with. So, yeah, you know, I was, was kind of double handicapped there, which is, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not trying to put myself up on a, on a pedestal here. It's just like, oh, cool. You know, trading is the hardest job in the world. And I had a little bit harder path than probably most people, but yeah. So what? Well, I mean, it's all about providing that roadmap for people. Right. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's easy. Everyone thinks it's easy <laughs> for everybody else, maybe. Or, you know, yeah. but you actually sit down and try to do it and you're like, shit, there's a lot of stuff that I got to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. The more you know, you the re- you realize the less you know. Yes. And yes. and that's what that's what drove me into a therapist a couple of years ago and just start working with her. And that's just been tremendous. Um, just what I've, you know, learned about myself and going back and starting to deal with some of those issues and and uh, develop a more healthy relationship. And and I started into a therapist. We we actually were recently talking about some of our first meetings is I went in because of my trading. My trading's what drove me in there. And I was like, I keep just self-sabotaging in just mm. massive ways of, you know, I'd have a very successful day. You know, I'd be, I'd be up and up. I'd be doing great. And, you know, I'd be up thousands of dollars and I'd be like, oh, but I can do better. And and you get some of that, go back to the childhood issues. You, you get that little childhood voice going, oh, well, you only made $3,000. Well, Tony made seven. So what's wrong with you? And, and I wasn't hearing those voices, but analogous. Um, and so then I would like try to make more money. And mm-hmm. we, we all know that when you push trading, Good luck. <laughs> right. Good luck. When you try to manufacture a trade, watch it laugh. Yeah. Right. When you're trying to prove something yep. to somebody and mostly yourself, right? Yeah. Was it was it you when you're in the most trouble? Telling me, Bear, like uh the one one blow up day came from like, oh, I only need ten more points. I can get ten points with my eyes closed. <laughs> like how many of us have done that? <laughs> how many times have I done that? Uh, I, I'm not going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it, it's, it. it's part of that. Yeah. It's, it's just part of that learning process. And it's, you know, I, I still have those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's watching, I can chart the progress in that my bad days are less bad and my good days are more good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is that a conscious? So this is one of the, I think, fundamental, uh, ideas around change work is what I think a lot of people refer to. Like when you go um, to therapy or you go and you have a coach or you want to change a pattern or go back to a traumatic event and actually change something in yourself and change the way that you relate to something like trading. Mm -hmm. Um, The best change work, I believe, is not conscious. It just happens. Mm -hmm. You find yourself being more successful because that work has been happening behind the scenes in your therapy. And then you find yourself not making those same choices that you used to. Like it's not the, you don't have to consciously work on it. You, you mean like you kind of step into it? Like we talk about the master trader mindset a lot that Rich, Rich uh, preaches. Um, like there's been a few times where I've accidentally stepped into that mindset and like, it feels amazing. And I, now I want to try to do it more and more, but I'm, 
But because of some of the work I was doing behind the scenes, like I didn't consciously sit down and say like, today I'm going to trade like a fucking pro. Like, no, that's right. <laughs> I just did that day. And then I look back on it and it's like, man, that was awesome. Can I do that more? Totally, totally. Or the things that might have used to trigger you to go for that extra 10 points, maybe it's just not as present anymore because you've brought that to kind of a resolution experience or something. Anyway, all this to say, it sounds like, Bear, from what you were saying, you're just having better results and it's not as you're not navigating the degree of challenge that you once were when you were trading. And I'm curious if that's true. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. Um, I, I still feel like it's something I have to, to, to challenge myself with. I have to work on every day. I have to sit down and go, mm -hmm. you know, what's my mindset and I have to pay attention to you. Am I listening? Or am I telling? I have a lot of little sayings that I I use, kind of like you know, like riches that. mindset pieces. But I I have a lot of sayings that I'll say to myself out loud, and that's that's another conversation. Talk to yourself out loud. Um, it's tremendous impact from doing that. Uh, Mike does mm -hmm. that a lot too, or Purdue. I mean, yeah. Um, like, what kinds of things would you talk to out loud? Like, just your process, like. Okay, I'm wanting to get back in the market. I'm wanting to get back in right now. I'm right. really holding it, the trigger or whatever it is. Like, what kinds of things mm -hmm. might you say? So, so this really started with Denise Scholl, and and Denise Scholl's really one of the things that I picked up from her. She's always talking about what am I feeling and why. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that question. And she was the one that I picked that up from her about say these things out loud, because when you say them out loud. It's a different part of your brain that's processing what's being said. And mm -hmm. internally, it's it's a different conversation. You know, if you think a thought, it activates little different parts of your brain than if you say it out loud and you hear it coming back in your ears. Mm -hmm. it, it has a different impact. Um, so, you know, I started this with, you know, I'd be looking at a chart and I'd be looking at a trade and I and I'd start to say to myself, am I listening to the market? Or am I telling the market what I want? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's one of them. Um, Is that warning sign maybe or red flag? It's it's more of a grounding point. Mm -hmm. It's to remind myself. Um, warning signs are more when I start to go into, uh, I, I literally start kind of, I don't want to say yelling myself, but almost where it's like, you know, I'll, I'll see myself chasing mm -hmm. and I'll say that was a chase. Nice. And, but, but then I, I'm struggling right now with, I see that and I freeze and I mm -hmm. can't hit the stop button. I know that what I should be doing is hit the stop button or the break even. Mm -hmm. um, and then I struggle. So I start saying that out loud. I'm like, I'm chasing. It's a chase. Um, the, the other one it, that I, I like to say is, is, you know, if you're going to catch the knife, you have to be quick to take a scratch. Mm. So, you know, I, if I'm, if I'm trying to knife catch, because that's one of the things that I'm better at is finding those, those inflection points is I need to be quick to be wrong. So right. if it comes down, I think it's going to bounce here. I get in, it comes up a little bit, but then it looks like it's just going to keep zooming. I have to be fast to hit break even or, or stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that's, you know, I, you'd rather get scratched with the knife that's stabbed. <laughs> yeah. You got to catch it from the side, yeah. not from the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I really love this. Um, I mean, there's a couple things you said of the, um, are you listening, right? Or are you telling? Telling. Yeah. Uh, right. Listening versus telling. Um, and the other one is speaking out loud what your process is. I think, you know, trading can be such a solo journey. So kind of lonely, right? Here we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're in... A trading room, but even that, like, I don't imagine, like, I say things, you know, I put myself on mute when I, I don't really say things to myself, but I think I'm going to after mm -hmm. this conversation. Just, I really like yes. it, especially because um, I identify as an external processor. There's this idea okay. that some people process internally and they don't really need to speak it. But I think a lot of people like me kind of need to say something, like their thoughts to, even know what's truly happening for them. Hmm. And that's me. I think so for a lot of people, saying the thing makes it more real. 
I would think for myself that I am more of an internal processor, but after hearing yeah. this conversation, I'm going to be giving it a try to see what <laughs> I mean if 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 you need is. to Yeah, no, if you need to put yourself on mute, but yeah. um I started in there was another Discord and they threw on an audio channel just go, "Hey, you know, we're not going to use this, but it's there." And so I would just go in and and again it was to force myself to think out loud. Mhm. I would just go in there and commentate the market moves. Hey, we're coming into this level. Hey, we're looking at this. Um, hey, you know, this signal just fired. Those kind of things. And we it, do have some of that actually in our trading yeah. room in the yeah. mornings. Yeah. And and at the time, you know, it was really it was just me talking to myself, but I was doing it in public, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. a Discord room just to for to maintain accountability. That's the same way I use Twitter. It's it's accountability journal for me, uh, Mike Purdue. Right. Same thing. Right. Um, I shouldn't probably shouldn't point fingers, but <laughs> you mentioned him already. Um, and and that kind of group. But I, I've had I've had similar conversations with other traders that you've interviewed that they have talked about that, that that public process of being in the front of a discord room and calling out the action and calling out their trades. Aaron was just talking about that in his interview. Mm -hmm. um, and some other people, how that has really improved their trading. Um, so even if you're on mute, it really lends a lot of gravity to how effective that can be to actually say those things out loud. I can already imagine. I'm imagining it in my head and I'm thinking like mm -hmm. if I was to stop and say out loud, like, hey, I'm pissed off that my stop just got taken. I'm going to reenter right yeah. here. I would probably look at myself and be like, oh, wait a minute. What am I doing? Yeah. What? Why is it's it okay like, to think wait, that, but it's not okay to say yeah. that? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who right. am I getting revenge on? Am I right. getting revenge on myself or am I getting revenge on the market? Well, the market doesn't care. So I'm only getting revenge on myself. That's a great point. I can only imagine like in the trading room, if one of us were to be like, yeah, I'm pissed. I think I'm going to get back in and it's a revenge trade and I, let's go. Let's go with this. <laughs> yeah. You know? I would hope somebody would stop me <laughs> if it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I have I have called some people out in a room when they're when they're talking and I can hear in their voice that they're losing they're losing their emotional control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I have called them out and said, "Hey, are you feeling okay? You sound really mad." Right. And they're like, "Oh, okay." Oh, that's not yeah. calling but, out though necessarily. I think that's more right. Just right. No, I'm, I'm not accusing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm helping them. Yes. Yeah. Calling in. Yeah. You're hmm. okay. You're giving I a like gentle that. nudge. Like, hey, dude. Yeah. Tap on the back. Like, you okay? Yeah. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> better, better me than the risk manager. One thing I appreciate about you, Kyle, I think at least once this week, maybe twice, you've said, "Okay, I'm going to go for a walk." I'm going to get up and, and leave and go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, I have to do that a lot. I, I I used to do that after taking like any loss, like any or after any trade, I just get up and take five minutes and go process it. And I kind of gotten away from that. Mm -hmm. But I think I need to bring that one back. Yeah, we've we've all tried different strategies to work through that process. Um, I remember one guy, he had a timer on his phone. And every time he got stopped, he had to start that timer. Mm -hmm. And let it count down five minutes before he was allowed to trade again. See, I like that idea too. Yeah. And I've even heard other people recently and some other stuff talk about, you know, they use it. They called it, you know, some people have called it a shot clock. And it says, okay, when you get out of a trade, you have to start a timer and you have to wait five minutes before you get into another trade. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of has two effects. One is it slows you down from just yeah. – emotionally jumping out of a trade but and then it also forces you to take some little bit of time and reset yes yeah i i went through a period where i would trade i would trade in 20 minute increments mm -hmm. and i had timers set up and i would allow myself to trade for 20 minutes and then i had to take a break and literally just watch the market for um 10 minutes mm -hmm. and that was that was interesting um how so yeah, what was interesting? It it was it was interesting because then I would catch myself. And I'm like, ah, I want to, I want to, I want to, want to, but it would force me to step back also and and reassess the big picture. Mm -hmm. That's when I go back and I dissect those days where I've really just gone tunnel tilt focus. It's because I have had nothing to pull me back and 
call me back to that four hour chart and that four hour chart saying, hey, by the way, you're here and here. And right now you're diddling in the middle. There's nothing here. Why right, are you trading? Right. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Um, and one of the things I think that helps with too is, because I used to preach doing the, like spend a week or a month or something just watching and observing with no trades. Because uh, well, that really helps you with that FOMO, I think, when you start to see how many opportunities are yep. present throughout the day and you realize you don't have to catch every single one of them, there's always going to be another one. Yeah. I I went through an exercise like that with Flurry, gosh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And and there was a new setup that, you know, he'd been working to him and the guys had been working on for a long time. And so we kind of, we set up this challenge of, of hey, see how far you can go and only trade this setup. And it was one of these things where, you know, the market would have to come into an area, you'd have to be certain action, then price would have to move away, and the price would have to come back before you could get into the trade. Mm -hmm. And so you had to watch this thing. And, it, you know, sometimes you're watching for hours just to get it. And you're like, yeah. you know, you're fighting that FOMO. You're dealing right. with that. You're, you're dealing with all those emotional triggers. And then finally, when the trade comes in, you're like, yeah, I get a trade. And, but then you weren't allowed to actually do anything. It was a mechanical setup. The only thing you could do is 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 put the buy button in there and then let the stops work. Right. And it was huh. it was really good. It was really hard. Does um, that help with the like the fear like when you're placing the entry? I wonder. Like if you waited so long to be able to place a damn trade, like maybe you're just excited to be able to do something at that point, as opposed to it being was, worried about whether or not you're going to win or lose. It was such a clearly defined setup that mm -hmm. it was, and and there was it was there was tons of back testing that went into this setup. So there was so much back testing that went into the setup that said, no, you enter here, your stop is here, your target's here, mm -hmm. and and that was and that was it. So I mean, literally the the trade would come up, you know, it'd have to move uh, thirty points in NQ, which you know can take a half a second some days, like today <laughs> when I got oh my god, yeah. I got steamrolled so bad. But it would have to move 30 points, and then you could just go and put your entry at the point and go, well, if it comes back here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, you'd want to monitor that and make sure it didn't get you know left on right. too long. <laughs> yeah, you can't just walk away. So, I, so I'm sorry. Your question was about the fear. No, I, I feel like it really took the fear away because it was so mechanical. Yeah. Yeah, I love that when there's such a clear strategy, it, as long as you can actually adhere to it. It takes away mm -hmm. so much of the, um, it can take away so much of the stress around actually getting in. I mean, I, I remember when I first started trading, 
I really was so excited to just be in and think Mm -hmm. that I had the setup when I didn't really have the setup. And it took something to step away from the computer and just stand up and say, like, I really want to be in this trade. I really want to be in this trade. I really want to be in this trade. I'm not getting in this trade. I'm not getting in. I'm not getting in. And similar to what you're talking about of externalizing, you know, but just telling Mm -hmm. myself, nope, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. Hmm. So, so, (laughs) So what sort of biofeedback do you use to tell you where you're at emotionally? Interoception. You familiar with interoception? I'm not. Okay. Uh, go do go do Aaron's class, but okay. interoception. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It, yeah. It, it, interoception is just about listening to the signals from your body. Yes. It's it's looking inside. Rich ties a great job talking about this. Mm-hmm. It's looking inside and going, where am I at, and what are the signposts that I have that tell me where I'm at. Um, for me, you know, I've I've got my my Garmin watch, which I wear 24/7, and I always I look at it 47 times a day, going, what's my heart rate? What's my heart rate? What's my heart rate? One of the things I've been doing for the last almost a year is while I'm trading, I I don't do it every day. I try to. I actually wear a full-on heart monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a chest strap heart monitor, or like for running. Actually, it's my running heart monitor. And then um, I have an app on my phone so that it's literally it's there right in front of me. And if my heart rate goes, if it goes above 90, it starts sending me alerts. If it goes above 100, it starts sending me alerts. And you know, it's basically telling me, hey. You're emotionally compromised. Yeah. You shouldn't be trading. How often does that thing go off? Some days, a lot. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm and and but <laughs> it's a learning. It's a learning process. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a learning process. And you know, I was fighting with that today. I was sitting there and I was like, "But I I want to trade. I want to be in this trade." I, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking. I'm like, "But my heart rate's 105." Mm-hmm. Historically, that tells me that my thinking is compromised. Yes. And, and so then I, I'm struggle and I got the negative feedback that I needed. Mm -hmm. I traded poorly. And so that's hopefully going to help reinforce the next time around for me to go, Oh, you know what? My heart rate's 75. Okay. Yeah. I'm good to trade. Oh, my heart rate's 90. Maybe I need to step back and do some box breathing. My heart rate's a hundred. Okay. Break even or flat. Okay. So you have like hard and fast rules for. I love that. No, I'm working on it. I love it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah, developing the system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have a version of that. Um, I don't have a heart rate monitor, um, but I know someone who used to have like a, what is it, heart math, where you put it on your fingertips and it changes colors based on your level of stress and heart rate or something. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Okay. But I can feel that too. Like if I'm angry, that's not a moment to trade. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah yep it's a moment yeah. to go for a run that's right now when you start to listen to those emotional signals that's where they can start to get magical this goes back into again a lot of stuff i pulled from denise Shull of impulse versus intuition and when you when you get that when you get that feeling about you know the market's doing this and i think it's going to do this and is that feeling that you're feeling is it intuition you know, is that 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 deep brain pattern recognition going? Usually, when it does this, it's it goes to here and then it goes to there. Mm-hmm. Or is that FOMO? Is that impulse? Is that emotion? Is that need? That discernment, exactly. Yeah. How do you differentiate the two? For me, I, I'm getting better. It kind of comes to how much weight does it have, and especially is it emotional? Intuition doesn't have any emotion attached to it. Okay, so if you're feeling any sort of emotion, then you know that it's yeah. I I need to question it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I'm I've been trying to do more consistently is the chase. When when the, it starts moving, and I'm like I'm like ah, oh, I'm not going to wait for a pullback. I've got to get long now. That is that is like the most amazing signal to get short, <laughs> <laughs> or do nothing at all. That's right. also an option. You can you can go back you can go back on the charts I post on Twitter. Mm-hmm. How many times have I bought the top, and how many times have I sold the bottom because yeah. I was chasing? Yeah. But when I listen to those, and I'm like I'm like FOMO FOMO FOMO, do the opposite. Boom. That's that's when I sell the top and buy the bottom. That's like a mind bendy experience. Boah. I've always wondered if you could invert your buttons on your trading platform, <laughs> just swap them. So I. I do and I don't. 
Um, so like a lot of people uh, with Sierra charts, I do have the keyboard mapping on my on my uh, my number pad. Mm-hmm. And but I have the map directly. So minus is short, plus is long. But on the number pad, when you look at it, the minus is on the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will hit the wrong one, and then I. And then, and then you just get into that infinite loop of, well, am I fading myself, fading myself, fading myself? You know, which which one's right, which one's wrong? <laughs> you don't scratch it right away when you hit the wrong one. You so let it that's, run. No, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. and again, that's the discipline piece that that yeah. you got to work on is when in doubt, get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's one of the things when I, when I see something like that, and I'm like. That was a mistake. And I, I start to say it to myself out loud. That was a mistake. When in doubt, get out. When in doubt, get out. And I'm trying to just tell myself to push the button. What if it was a divine mistake? You know, you don't know. Well, you know what? I think <laughs> that's where you get in trouble. I, I yeah. think the point that we just, or something that just kind of clicked in my head right here is like, if I, I've been in that situation where I've done something by accident and I don't want to get out. But mm-hmm. If I don't want to mm-hmm. get out and I did the wrong, the opposite of what I wanted to do, then that makes it seem like I probably don't have any idea what I should be doing now. I just want to trade. Yep. <laughs> and that's, and that's, so there's. just want to be in something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. um, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the ch- terminology. So, so there's, there's basically, there's four types of trades. There's unplanned good, unplanned bad, planned good, planned bad. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Yep. So planned good is I plan to take this trade at this point and it did exactly what I wanted to. So I got that positive feedback. I did the right trade. It did what I hoped it would do. Mm-hmm. Um, plan bad is, you know, I took the trade at this point and it came down and my stop. Well, okay. That's, that's part of the normal distribution of things. Okay, cool. Unplanned bad. I impulsed into a trade and it hit my stop. Mm-hmm. Great. That's the negative feedback I needed. Stop doing that. Stop it. Or I got into an ES when I meant to get into an MES. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that, you know, scream at yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the worst one, though. <laughs> the worst one is the unplanned good. Mm-hmm. I Screws with you. Mandy, Mandy had a, Mandy calls it the, the fuck it trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the <laughs> you're, you're, you're just having a crappy day. You're mad. You're frustrated. And you're like. Fuck it, full long, full port, and it works. Uh, yeah. That is the absolute worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. because you've just trained your brain to say, "Fuck it, works." When all else fails, blow it up. <laughs> I yep. mean, have you done? I imagine we've all actually done like a day of fuck it trading or a week oh, of yeah. fuck it trading. Oh yes, yeah, and yeah, that's just no bueno. Yeah. Um. You know, when I, some of my first trades were just, you know, they were early COVID when the market was moving like crazy mm-hmm. and they were just insanely lucky and they, well, not insanely lucky. They were reasonably well-planned, but the parameters around the trade were just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like early, early COVID, I had like just the, I, I called it the, I called it the, the meme short. I, I was, I was a huge, I am, I was a huge Tesla fan. But Tesla was going down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, I can buy 420 puts in Tesla for $69. Oh, God. <laughs> $6,900 worth of 420 puts oh, my God. went to $70,000 when I sold them. <sighs> what did that teach me? Nothing. Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good. Nothing good at all. It's the same reason why we play. Six nine offsuit. We're playing cards. Mm-hmm. We had one lucky yep. hand that it worked out on, and now it's mm-hmm. our lucky hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. You know, I know that. I know statistically, two seven is the worst possible hand you can have in in Texas Hold'em. But this one time, I won a full house and I won a monster pot. Right. Yeah. yeah. God, I had a really good question, but your story was too shocking. I don't remember <laughs> what it is. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how this is going for you bear like you wanted to you had this idea of ripping the band-aid off and i'm curious if it's adequately ripped off or if there are other yeah. things that you want to rip off with the band-aid <laughs> Ooh, God, wow that's a 
<laughs> not to go question. To, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just intrigued by that. And I don't, I don't know if I generally resonate with the concept of like, okay, let's get in there and rip something off and just do it. But there, I felt intrigued that you wanted to like say some things. And I've been picking up all sorts of like nuggets of wisdom from hearing you talk about your journey. And I imagine listeners have too. And just mm -hmm. giving you the space to say more of what you want. I'm one of those people that thinks way too much and way too deeply about everything. Mm -hmm. um, some of it productive, some of it counterproductive. Um, I'm constantly mm -hmm. reading books. 90% um, of my books the last two years are about trading and psychology. Um, nice. You know, I, I, I do throw some nonfiction stuff in there. Or, I'm sorry, fiction stuff in there just to brain candy and uh, take a break. And it, and I do that, too. If You know, sometimes I just I get stuck. I'm like, OK, I have to step away and let's go find a good, mm -hmm. fun book to read or let's go watch a movie. So I'm, when you said that about like psychology and trading, I imagined some of they're like psychology books or trading books. Are there also trading psychology books? And do you have any specific recommendations if there are? They're mostly trading psychology books. Um, Great. Yeah. No, I, I haven't been reading um, things that were like purely psychology. I take that back. Um, the one that I did recently and I did the audio book and now I'm trying to, to go through and actually read the physical book is uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which has always intrigued me. And I always thought it was a really kind of, I don't know, I don't have a good word for it. That's reasonable. Um, <laughs> Hoaxish or cultish or whatever. And then I got in and it just perfectly resonated with everything else I've been reading and studying in psychology and training psychology the last couple of years. And I'm like, Oh, these things are all talking about the same roots. Hmm. Um, and when I was listening to the book, there was so much stuff that echoed what we learned from like Rich Friesen, mm -hmm. what I learned from uh, Mandy, um, and I hate to say her name. I don't want to butcher it, Ross Manjari, um, who's another psychiatrist, trading psychiatrist from Australia, Germany and Australia. Um, yeah, NLP is incredible. I mean, incredible work. I, I learned that George Papazoff has done a bunch of NLP, right? That's, that's what got me that intrigued. How you got into it? Well, that's yeah. not how I got into it, but I remembered it because I remember listening to to a lot of George's interviews from like two years ago. Yeah. Because what I would do is, is when I'm out working on the farm, I'll just throw my headphones on and listen to various podcasts um, or books on tape. Or I like to do a lot of driving. Driving is like incredibly relaxing for me. I love driving. Um, I literally have driven thousands of miles just mm. for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Driving and listening. Totally up. That's it. Okay. I'm really bad at rabbit holes. I will <laughs> rabbit hole with the best of them. It's total ADD. Maybe that's what makes you such a good NLP client. Right. Right. And I've read the book, but I haven't been able to really put it into practice. So, okay. Yeah. That, have that's, you had that's what I'm working on. NLP? Like, have you been on the client side of NLP work? No. Nope. Um, this is, I'm actually glad you brought it up because I was actually just telling you. I think you and a couple other people the other day of, I think there are some specific psychological modalities that would be really supportive to traders and NLP is one of them because mm -hmm. it actually goes back into one's history and, you know, talks about a specific event that was formative for one's experience, we, right? We, and we then, talked about EMDR. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels there. Totally. And what it what NLP does specifically is it changes something about the scene of it. So what you're doing is you're actually reprogramming something in yep. yourself so that you experience yep. life differently. It doesn't necessarily yep. mean that it's like the best life, but it might be, but it's just not that big trauma anymore so that it makes something else possible. Right. So my, my curious question, uh, and this is actually something that my therapist wants to play around with. She's not familiar with NLP, but some of the similar stuff is using NLP to look at some of my training experiences and kind of take those two days, take, take the worst day where I'm tilted out and can't stop myself from pressing the button and reprogramming that day to 
shift away and, and kind of remind myself yeah. that when I start to feel those feelings, it's time to step away and, and reset my perspective. And then on the opposite side, take that awesome day and, you know, start to build that in as, as my, you know, trader's mindset that when mm-hmm. I, you know, that zone and start to increase my familiarity with that zone. Am I thinking down the right path for your understanding of NLP or? Yeah. I mean, that could be one of the outcomes of NLP is that, okay, when you notice that you're in this sort of experience, you take a pause and that now becomes an option on the menu for you where before it wasn't. For example, right? Like if the thing that you want is to no longer be revenge trading or be trading when you're caught up in your emotions and that's the focus that you've got in like an NLP session, for example, there could be an outcome where you might not even know what the outcome is necessarily when you're in the session, but then a few months later you find yourself just doing a different thing. You're not, this is what I'm talking about with the change work that happens kind of subconsciously. Like you're no longer doing that thing that you used to do. You can, you can step away from the computer and go do something else. Okay. That, that sounds like an awesome subject for like a whole nother conversation. Love to learn more about that. Well, it sounds like you're already doing it though. You're like, it's not like like NLP is the only way or EMDR. Like when we're being honest and really, you don't even need a therapist. You, if you're just being honest with yourself and ideally sharing it with somebody, but really allowing yourself to be seen in your experience, interventions start happening. I I agree. But then also, you know, I want to look at this stuff and find the opportunities Mm -hmm. to, you know, that, that good mentor, that good coach and, and, but that good mentor can help accelerate that learning process. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what my therapist is. You know, my, my therapist is somebody that's going to get me through 10 years of crap in two years. She at least should know the right questions to ask, right? Absolutely. Because that's what a lot of the, a lot of the struggle is figuring out what the right questions even ask are, I think, of ourselves and like trying to figure out where you need to be putting your time and effort into. And if you have somebody that can help guide you on that, I think that just shortens that learning curve. Agreed. Getting far enough out of your own head to actually see what you're doing and recognize what you're doing. I love that. Getting some space from it, right? Some distance, some objectivity. That's so much more difficult. Another reason to say it out loud before you do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I have, I do have one more question that I want to ask you, at least that's loaded up for me, if you're open to it. Sure. Okay. My question is, what's your current edge in your process, like in your trading process for yourself and what that's revealing in your own kind of psychological process? Like what's, what are you working I am working, my, my best edge really is working the inflection points. It's mm-hmm. sitting down and, and I hesitate because there's a lot of people that say, oh, that's not an edge at all. But it's, it's actually sitting down and, and working with the chart and recognizing areas of opportunity. And, and I've, I've worked with several different people to analyze the chart to to look for area of opportunities based on mostly based around volume profile. Um, I'm I'm a huge I do everything by volume. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know I use I I don't use time charts um, with the exception of a four hour and a one hour chart. Everything else is all tick charts, and so I am looking at the shape of the volume profile, the edges of the volume profile, and I am looking for movements from one side or the other. I'm looking for that opportunity to come back in, you know, and, and go, Hey, you know, the last time it came into here, we left a whole bunch of trap sellers. Mm-hmm. And so the odds are it's going to come, if it comes back down into there, unless it comes with some, some significant velocity, they're all going to have their stops. And so we're going to cascade through those stops and then we're going to go boom out of there. You know, I'm, I'm looking for those, for those inflection points. Nice. And what's a, what's available for you there? Like, how is that your edge in terms of you as a trader? How is that different from what you've done before? And why is it, I imagine, like, when I think of edge, I think of, like, something that's a little bit of a reach, 
right? Like what has it be kind of more of a reach for you? It's, I don't, I'm not sure if I understand what you mean there, but for me, it's, it's based on just thousands of hours of watching NQ and watching how it moves and trying my best to learn the dance moves and understanding and, and kind of building up a little bit of an intuitive knowledge about this is where it tends to reflect or when it's moving like this, this is where it tends to result as. And pattern recognition. Yeah. And, and it's in a lot of ways, it's horrible because it's not mechanical. It is one of the most difficult skills to learn. And NQ is one of the most difficult futures products to trade. So I, I'm like stacked now, the deck against so myself ridiculous. on so many levels that it's, it's <laughs> silly, but I'm one of those people that I have to be challenged. I can't. Mm -hmm. And that's, but one of my turning points now is understanding that the challenge is in my head and the trading needs to be simple mm -hmm. because nice. it's not the hard part about trading is not identifying zones. The hard part about trading is the execution. It's actually mm -hmm. reacting when you get into that zone, when you get into that level and even more. So it's like when the trade's working, it's letting it, work it's not it's getting, getting emotional and not it, it's getting out of your own way exactly it's it's not going oh my gosh a thousand dollars a thousand dollars i need to just flatten it and walk away it's saying well yeah but if this follows the historical example it's going to rotate around to the other side of the value area mm -hmm. that's 80 points right that's that's 80 points on three contracts that's 240 points why am i sitting here trying to cash out for a thousand dollars right <laughs> Yeah. And and dude, that I'm that is so hard. Yeah. So so hard. But it's all in here. It's not there. It's not the chart. Totally. It's all in my head. I like the way you rephrase that or frame that. Challenge is in your mind. It's not on the chart. The trading shouldn't be the challenge. Yeah. The chart shouldn't be the challenge. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Amazing. All right, any final thoughts to to leave us on before we wrap this up? I think when I, when I first asked the question of what's your edge right now, what are you working? It was mm -hmm. more around like your internal process, like the this process. Mm -hmm. But what I got was better than that. Like it gave me information. It was like, okay, the charts are the charts. Finding the optimal strategy that works for you and then executing that, right? Actually executing that in the way that mm -hmm. you want to. You know, and in a way, this yeah. it's really simple, right? And what trader isn't interested in that process, but the way that you articulated it, I felt, I don't know, it felt kind of like deeper or something. It's it's the hardest thing to do. It really is. It's the hardest, easy thing to do. It's what makes trading hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, any anybody can draw lines on a chart. It's, it's what do you do at those lines and how do you, how do you handle it? And, and what do you do after those lines? Yeah, everybody has emotions. If you don't have emotions, you've got bigger problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a how <laughs> do you react to those emotions? Are you listening mm -hmm. to the emotions or are you letting the emotions drive? And that goes back to the beginning question. Am I listening or am I telling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be the name of this episode. I did hear an episode with George around a psychopath who trades and apparently he does really well. I bet he does. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that's a that's, whole other that's a whole subject. different side of it, but yeah, there's there's something there because when you're fearless, you can get yeah. a, you can full port into those get trades in when those setup happens and you're absolutely fearless, right. you can full port into them and ride them till the end. And most people can't do that. Well, Bear, thank you so much for this conversation. I love that you reached yeah. out to Kyle and wanted to connect about your process and I think um like I got a lot from this conversation and I'm really grateful. And um, I can echo those sentiments. Uh, I know that I've yeah. got a, a few lists yeah. or a few things listed out on my uh, journal here for. And I saw you taking notes in moments. <laughs> oh, yes. Some of that was for questions yeah. to follow up on. Some of that was for stuff for me. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm I'm so I'm so thankful to both of you. you. You These questions are things that make me think and make me think about my my process in you know, what am I trying to learn here? So mm -hmm. this is, this is really great. 
hopefully you uh, stir some other people to reach out. It'd be <laughs> nice to make this like an ongoing series. Yeah, it'd be fun. Something that yeah. I have less work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can turn over the reins yeah, to Cleo. No, uh, <laughs> this, trust me, that the, the last four years on this journey has been unbelievably painful in in many ways. Mm-hmm. But it's also been so rewarding. I've I have learned so much more about myself, and I I don't have words for it. And honest, all honestly, if I learned nothing else but what I've learned about myself. If that's the only thing I ever get out of trading, I think it's probably been time well spent. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. I agree. But I think it is probably getting a bit late here. But the fun doesn't have to stop for you guys. If you enjoyed today's conversation and you're looking for more. Make sure you check out our guest directory. We can browse all the amazing people we've had the pleasure of speaking with in the past. Be sure to include those links in the episode description just for you. I'll be back soon with another exciting episode. But until then, interrogate that five-star rating until it admits that we've got the best trading podcast around and have a great day. I love it. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute financial or investment advice and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.